I want you to give the public the impression you gave me before this episode. Oh, about the... Oh, okay, sure, Yeah, the fine. co-worker thing. Yeah, so a co-worker of mine today said that, you know, my voice sounded extremely familiar to her. And then she, uh... Then she, she, she mentioned a particular stand-up comic who most people know the name of. And I kind of see where she's coming from, <laughs> if I'm to be honest with you. So that was flattering. Having the ability to sound like someone in the John Mulaney spectrum seems like a solid retirement strategy. I guess I think it's mostly a party trick. A party trick, maybe, but I don't know. I think that the Lost and Damned wish they had access to their own personal John Mulaney, who would, you know, never never leave them to go on tour or never leave them to marry, marry Olivia Munn. Yep, or... there it is. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of judgment of him. No, he's just a regular guy. He, he fucks a... up like all of us. That's a human being. It's a human being. Thing. No, that, because that's the thing. People had turned him into a god and he's not a god. He's, he's, he's John Mulaney, you know, average dude who happens to be extremely funny. And if I could just betray my own fan base Mm -hmm. as someone who has been in a failing marriage yeah i think if olivia munn showed up halfway through (laughs) the ending would be awkward i can probably see where you're coming from yes oh right i forgot you're in a non-failing marriage that's amusing it's amusing every day even (laughs) That's the goal, people. That's the goal, people. You entertain each other every day, as opposed to one of you is both emotionally unstable and in need of a green card. (laughs) Moving forward. (laughs) Going back, looking back, Mm -hmm. I should have been harder on the don't fucking do it than I was. I think I was not like that at all. Between the two of us, you are the person who should be beating himself up over choices made in that year. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? Everyone warned you about not, like, warning me harder. (laughs) Everyone told you, you need to tell Denard that this is a stupid fucking thing to do. When things fail, and they fail within proximity to me, I have this way of being like, I could have stopped it. Wow, I wish you were in tech instead of half of the people in charge of deciding what is a point of failure or not. Mm. Imagine what fucking Twitter would look like. I wish I was smarter than that. (laughs) Or wish I was smart enough for that. But then, like, I don't actually know how mo- how smart most of the people in tech are. If they've let it get to this point. Maybe they're just evil. Like, I definitely believe that about Mark Zuckerberg, certainly. I mean, I can believe that, Mark. I don't know if most of them are that smart or evil, or they just checked off a different box on Orientation Week than you. Is Jack Dorsey uh, smart or evil? Or stupid? Is he stupid or is he evil? I would actually depart on both and call him someone of middling intelligence and middling morality in charge of something that was changing the course of information history. So like uh, Victor Frankenstein. Yeah. He, he built, he built a monster. He knew not what he was getting himself into. He had a creation. It's almost the inventor version of the Peter principle. Sure. Okay. Uh, Can you explain for the listeners what the Peter Principle is? So the Peter Principle, that's just the fucking idea that 
everyone will eventually be promoted within an organization, implying, but everyone eventually be promoted within an organization to the point of their own incompetence. Yeah. In theory, it's just the the problem with politics as a field. Mm. But yeah, just you'll be promoted until you are fucking up to the point not, of stabilization. Not good enough at your job to be promoted again. Yeah. In an abstract kind of way, that's just what's happened with that motherfucker inventing Twitter and then... <laughs> It's like, wait, I have to manage it? Uh... <laughs> I almost. Almost? I almost. Sympathy is not the word, but I understand the character arc of just fucking around with code and then suddenly having societal-level responsibility that you are neither trained or just personally disposed to. Like, there's a character that I understand what happened. Yeah. Yeah, no, when you put yourself in Mr. Dorsey's shoes. I need you to just imagine. Mechanics. Fun guys, right? Mm-hmm. Imagine if you were just a good mechanic, there was a chance he wound up as a U.S. senator. <laughs> like, well, imagine being the mechanic who invented the first Gundam robot. <laughs> just, you know, fucking around in his garage, and you built a Gundam. And then suddenly, three years later, a colony drops on Australia. He's go. Oh, where did I? Where did th- where did this where did this machine go wrong? I was just fucking around. It's a uniquely software specialist problem. Like the guys who are making quantum computers aren't going to wake up making choices about what our social structure looks like. This reminds me of this one, I guess, theory that was postulated, which is that the person who makes first contact will be assassinated. Yes. It is unavoidable. Yes, that is the best riff in our Star Wars episode. He had a good, he had a good one of that. Oh, I, I already brought this up. Okay. Oh yeah, it was during the um sort of Tezuka infused uh, Toby short. God, I've got to find some more reference pools. That's a final reference pool. If someone remembers that, they already love us and they're already stuck. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Ha ha. You Eat love it, us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Before people start thinking that this is, you know, something other than an anime podcast. Oh, right, right. Okay, so I guess enough of the gun show of our deep, brilliant thoughts. We are in the middle of a manual reread of Naruto, because that's the kind of choices we make. For specific context and reference for people who read along, who are just more organized in their lives than I am, this is chapter 210 to about 280. Some stuff probably in the short run before and after that will drift in just because the thing wasn't really written around those breakpoints. Much like an episode of Naruto. <laughs> it is also worth noting, now that he mentions that, that this is manga only, so you're just not going to hear complaints about filler because... I, it, it's been done. It's been, like, the filler, it sucked. It, it, it sucked. It was bad that that happened. I think, I think if there is an advantage to the filler, if we're being fair, if there is an advantage to the filler, it is that... You did get to spend a little bit more time around the side characters and grow to maybe like them a little bit more and thus be a little bit more invested into what happens to them. Because think about the character, and this is going to tie into a thing that I'm going to bring up. Uh, Think about the character Hinata, right? Mm -hmm. After her fight with Neji in the Chunin exam arcs, she does not appear until really appear. Like, have... Right. Barring like one or two little, oh, there she is in that panel, right? She does not really appear 
in this manga until well after the time skip. So deep tissue. So you have this big cast of kids, right? All the kids who are in their squads uh, who did a good deal of showing up in the various filler arcs in Naruto prior to the time skip. I'm pretty sure I seem to remember so in that way, the filler was somewhat useful in endearing the viewers to these characters a little bit better. Uh, because here's the first thing that I, I mean, think the problem I'm... is just the innate quality variation. Yeah, yeah, but it was like, here's these people who, you know, you otherwise would not get to know, involved in a really substandard plot line. An interesting point of comparison as far as anime filler goes is that when a series is a runaway hit, Shonen Jump has a habit or a hobby of just starting a standalone sort of expansion story manga with another author. Like, Hiroaka has, Hiroaka the, has like, the vigilante thing. thing, yeah. And uh, Dragon Ball Super. Bang! Okay, no, but... I... <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of just makes me think about that idea of expanding on characters or a world outside of... Because some of these shonen hits are about building, you know, just sort of this sort of wider world. That's like part of the appeal of Naruto to a lot of people. Yeah, I'm sure that by the time we get to the end of the 700 chapters that make up Naruto, we are going to still be more or less without a decent amount of context about, I don't know, some village or another that the filler fills in. I've got a lot of questions about the social structure of Hidden Rock Village. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. I never will. <laughs> Although, in fairness... The more I learn in this story about the Sand Village, the more interesting I actually find it. I actually think that it's it's baggage, it's history, it's, you know, the problems that it faces are slightly more interesting. Not even slightly, are quite a bit more interesting than the Leaf Village. I thought it was a... I don't hold it against the thing that it's a little more interesting in Leaf Village for a sort of strange reason. Well, it might be because like the I kind of protagonist both, problem. It's like, a protagonist problem, but yeah. it's also... I was having that thought, and then I realized, wait... If it was boring or you just said, it's like Leaf Village, but I would probably hold that against it. Like, why am I even spending time learning about this place? I appreciate if we're going to learn about a new location. That it has. That there's some thought or effort into it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do like just the basic concept of life is fucking harder. It's well, not going well. Well, life is hard. It's not going well. It's kind of unstable. Yeah. There have been all sorts of, you know, mysterious deaths of the Kaze Kage that have kind of <laughs> rocked it over the course of the last few decades. Yeah, the Sand Village is like a borderline failed state. It's, it's, it's really just hanging on. Yeah. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. If all of those traits were applied to the Leaf Village, I think that there might have been something to that. I think that we could have had a little bit more of an urgent background hanging over, you know, the actions of our protagonists. I think it would make spoilers, I guess, if you're reading along in, in precise order for whatever fucking reason. Do you remember the whole Danzo thing? Uh, he's that dude with all the bandages who's a dick, right? Yeah, he just comes along later. He runs the ninja village's ninjas that are their black ops, whatever. <laughs> There's dudes who die all the time. He's doing a great job. But yeah, he's an antagonistic figure, and I think maybe that if the Leaf Village were characterized in the way you're describing, mm -hmm. his whole thing might have had a bit more heft to it, which is an interesting idea, but well, now it shakes out. But yeah, ah, Sand Village as a setting totally works, and that's relevant to this segment because we spent some time we there. We spent a, bit, a decent amount of time, but before we, we do, yeah. There, 
they um, guest star over in the Leaf Village outskirts in some fights. Shall we talk about those fights? Yes, we now come to the second half. Eh, third third. How we break it up? I'll, I'll call it the third third of mm-hmm. the uh, of the Sasuke retrieval arc, which encompasses, I believe, the finish to all the little fights. Besides, I feel like Choji's had already wrapped up at this point. Yeah, Choji's has wrapped up, and Neji's has wrapped up. <laughs> that was some fucking brutal shit. <laughs> Kids meddling. Kids, <laughs> kids in the fucking woods shooting each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the um, so we get a wrap-up of the Kimimaro fight, and I think this might actually be my least favorite fight finish in this manga thus far, uh, by a pretty large margin. The fight finish in the Kimimaro thing fascinates me in that in a manga so dedicated, like love it or hate it, but just so dedicated to the idea of using fights to reflect X traits of X characters. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, in a long-form action thing, maybe that should be a goal. I am mystified by the ending of this fight for a comic with this trait because I can only infer that it means that these guys kind of suck. <laughs> well, here, let's... Why don't we... Explain the, it. Yeah, the context of the end of the Kimimaro fight, right? Uh, yeah. Is that... So Gara and Rockley both, you know, are on the goddamn rocks with this guy. He yeah. has created a big field of bones, and just before I could tell you how fucking stupid that is, but to each their own, he has created this gigantic nope, field No, I'm not of- giving to each their own. No, no, I, I stand by my entire rant from the previous episodes. It's, it is like Marrow's power, but with even more dumb edge and... Look, you're trying to convince me this is such a fantastic genetic superpower that double brain Hitler was going to put himself into his body. Kimimaro, as far as I can tell, is like one of those overbred poodles that dies if exposed to direct sunlight or turned on its side. Oh, like, yeah, no. <laughs> one of those pugs that you wake up in the morning and it just died in its sleep for one of 10,000 reasons, really. And it just comes in. He can grow his bones, but he's dying of a mysterious disease. Do you think it's from shooting his bones out his ass? I don't... <laughs> Moving on. Anyhow, he is about to kill both Gara and Rock Lee with one, you know, final coup de gras. Uh, and then he dies of his disease. His bonitis. He dies of his bonitis. Uh, and... Can I... Can I, like... You can. Okay. I want to know, Keish, Keish, I want to know what the fuck you gain by having it end like this. I want to know what you gain by having the outcome be, okay, this dude, this Kimimaro guy who has showed up for this arc and died in this arc and is never going to show up again. I want to know what you gain by having him be the strongest by having him be the fucking strong. <laughs> by having, by having him be serious. the fucking strong. So much to the point that he can take Gara, he can take Rock Lee at once. And the only reason that he did not win is that he did not get a chance to win because he died of his bonitis. I want to know why you think that this was an appropriate thing to do. Why this was the sustainable thing to do. 
given that you have Gara, given that you have Rock Lee as these very important recurring characters who are going to get into other situations and they're going to figure into other arcs pretty heavily. And, you know, because this is a shonen fighting manga, right? They're going to need a little bit of credibility going into these new arcs that are going to presumably feature shonen fighting. It is mystifying to me. Like, there's a structural thing you mentioned, totally valid, totally important. They are the linchpins to events directly after and directly before this. Mm-hmm. So you can't even say, like, oh, you know, people forget our old South North time. No, just directly over into all of, all of that shit. We're also just missing something very basic here. Which is? Which is just in the moment, mm-hmm. just raw forget my undergrad degree, forget anything I've written, forget my graduate degree, forget whatever class I'm teaching. Okay. It's just fucking lame. It's just fucking lame. It, it is just, fucking it, lame. It is It is just a boring-ass washout way to end the fucking fight. It, it is. Uh, it's worse than, like, the fart finish from the uh, Naruto Kiba thing, which didn't bother me as much. I just... Here's the thing. If Kimaru, if he's going to walk out of this fight dead because you killed him, I have to imagine that you intended to kill him, Kish. Why wasn't it that Gara or Rock Lee were the ones who killed him. Did you think he was that fucking cool that your precious boy could not possibly fall to the hand of another? Because that's the only explanation I could come up with. That's the only reason, real actual reason, that you would do this, is if you loved this character so much you couldn't bear to see him take a fucking pin I'm, I'm, from Gara, from Rock Lee. Two fan favorites, by the way, both Super over to use some Brian Alvarez parlance. It's a fucking mystery. Like your two t-shirt machines up to that point on both the hero and villains. It's kind of mystifying to me. And by kind I'm of mystifying I mean, was exactly the, the word that I was thinking I was going to use just now because there's no reason for it. There's no reason to have ended things that way. It's just frustrating. It just makes Gara look like a chump. Gara, by the way, over the course of these seventy episodes tumbles down the fucking <laughs> card like fucking sweep road down the goddamn stairs it might have been hella jeff i can't keep them straight completely unconfirmed thing but just wrestling fan legends mm-hmm. holds that at some point randy savage might have slept the Stephanie McMahon, and he just super resented that and that is just what i imagine for someone falling down the card the way that that guard kid did That is an interesting. I, so this is the first time ever hearing about that. And um, instead of Honestly, Naruto, I'm just PMC thinking about the remember. age gap right now. <laughs> well, I mean, that might feed into the fucking resentment. That probably, yeah. I would take issues with this. I would. I would probably take that pretty seriously if that were something that I thought happened. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, also, if that's totally false or whatever. Please do not sue me, Randy Savage Estate. But Gara is not a real fucking person who did not sleep with anyone, so I don't know why he's being treated this way. I don't know, given yeah, the no. buildup that he got over the course of, you know, the first 60, 70, 80 chapters of his existence. I know, he had a lot of hot topic groupies, even if he didn't exist. Are you sure he didn't sleep with anyone? <laughs> That's a troubling thing to think about, and I'm not going to do it. Not I'd everyone's rather favorite model not. of defictionization, fair enough kind of wonder mm-hmm. if it's just harder for me to buy because I think the bone thing is dumb. Yeah. Like, if I thought this was just fucking sweet. Oh, if he was just real fucking cool and I, he had a power set that was real fucking cool. Because, I mean, think of the tool of the medium, right? 
Like, just in this comic book, punching people looks good. Weird sand earth bending looks good. All right, here. Can I can I use my golden boy here? Yo, yo. Let's think about Chainsaw Man for a second here. Mm-hmm. How did the bomb girl fight finish? Because, honestly, there was so much cool shit going on in it that I can't actually remember how the finish went. Did he come out on top clean? Oh, God. Okay, so shark riding the walls. <laughs> right? You know what? I'm going to hard pause the world here. I'm just going to pull it up on the fucking app. Chicka, 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 chicka. I know he didn't kill her, I'm but... I'm sick of him. Sometimes you know what, but when you know who... Yeah, but he's so cute, though. Yeah, I probably got a couple of screws up in my head for this, but no worse than what's going on in your parents' bedroom. Jesus, this, this thing moves faster than everything in Shonen Jump. I'm looking. Oh, that's chapter 58? <laughs> Is the fucking start of the Tokyo Assassin's Arc? And the... <laughs> the dude who just got hit by a fucking car. <laughs> That's my phone lock screen now. It's just their reaction to hitting the assassin with a fucking car. Because it is, it is some, it, it is some beauty in a dejected world. It's <laughs> a fucking horrible pitch black comedy sketch of the family burger restaurant scene. That thing is just a. It's, it's perfect. It's a perfect vignette. All right, I'm looking at the finish here. So there's a really Hollywood cinematic just standoff shot of them on the shore. Okay. And essentially, he um. Wow, Denji gets weirdly brainly finishes for the way he's characterized. He figures out a way to sort of tie her up and chain things and drown them both, and they wash up on the shore. But he can't die. And neither can them can die in that context. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they wash up and she fucks off and then story stuff happens. Okay, cool. Um, so I would say Denji comes out on top in that fight. Functionally, yes. Functionally, yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. The character beats point towards his development. Yeah. No one comes out on top of the Gara Rock Lee versus Kimamaro fight. Gara looks like a fucking chump who just got it handed to him by Bone Man. Um, yeah. Rock Lee, similar. The, the drunken master thing was kind of cute for a second, but um, really, to what end? Where you take things colors everything you did before, and it just kind of renders the entire scrappy underdog drunken master sequence pointless it was like it was a thing that happened now instead of it whatever he could have just played ddr in front of kimimaro and had the same it it would have had the same effect yeah because like kimimaro he got all the gravitas that you would give to you know a recurring villain and he doesn't fucking recur so who cares who cares mystifying if I'm not forgetting anything, next up we actually have the Naruto versus Sasuke fight that ends the pre-time skip. Technically, there's the um, Tamari Kankankuro finishes, but we talked about enough last episodes. We can just go into the sure, yeah. They're both they're both really fucking sick. Tamari and Kankuro both come out looking way better than Gara. My theorem that the less something matters to the overall Naruto plot, the better the execution will be is holding up right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Tamari has one of my favorite moments of this arc, which he just like, okay, 
So wet we burned the force down, Master Way. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Her old Tyke Bomb thing. Okay, so now we've got uh, Naruto versus Sasuke. Now, this fight it has a lot of op- things going for it. Yeah, yeah, we have reached what is operatively, I guess, the point. The climax of time. pre-time skip uh, span of time that was the uh, you know, the intro arc, the Land of Waves, Tuning Exam, Invasion, Surf Fusionade, and now this guy. I uh, blew a one-liner way too early in our history of Naruto here. Oh, no. I said something was emblematic of everything right and wrong with Naruto. What were you referring to then? I don't know, but this is it way more on both fronts. Sure, yeah. So, within the context of the Kimimaru fight that immediately preceded this one, a non-zero amount of filler up to then as well, I'm pretty sure. This was the point at which I dropped Naruto when I was watching it, Mm -hmm. uh, was during this fight, when they tell each other, no more words, just action. And then we flash back for like six fucking episodes to shit that I don't care about because Sasuke isn't interesting. It's such a hard thing. I was... you look structurally, your protagonist... Your antagonist, your deuteragonist in this case. Deuteragonist? Structurally, deuteragonist, whatever. Second important person. Mm-hmm. The structurally, the farm is bet on both of these people being just consistently original, compelling. Having something going for them. And making sense. Yeah. And Sasuke is not holding up his half of the fucking equation. I spent so long in the last episode, and probably the episode before that, on how little his character really holds up under scrutiny, how weak his motives ultimately are, how amazingly like petty his motivation of Naruto can't be stronger than me, that's bullshit, really is. Like, if it were treated by the narrative as being that petty, then that would have been one thing, but then he would have been a... Probably irredeemable character uh, for, you know, becoming the way he is and doing the things he does for being so amazingly petty and having the narrative treat him as amazingly petty. But he is amazingly fucking petty. It is this human emotional logic program problem, and I think I understand part of it. I think there's ultimately this shonen manga idea Mm -hmm. of I need to become stronger to accomplish X. Sure. It's already thin, but it's just way more functional on a protagonist or face or okay, positive me- person level. And when you, you're trying to go for someone who's supposed to be aspiring to some kind of like Griffith level internal division. Sure. And that is their base emotional thing. It becomes very alien. Here's the theory. What if Kishimoto's idea was like, okay, so here's the stock shonen motivation of I need to become stronger and what if it was a bad guy's motivation then what Uh, and that's perhaps an interesting question to ask and at least in this context it is not a very interesting question to answer or at the very least he did not come up with a very interesting answer for it go ahead I'm going to recycle a uh, metaphor from the long forgotten early episodes of Weeaboo Hell Mm mm-hmm there was a Combi Central Presents special 
I am so sorry. Can I remember the comedian's name still? Sure. But this is not my insight. But he had a great opening joke to the effect of touring up for this album. I've been working on my transitions. So I hope you enjoy my jokes. What I really hope you enjoy are my transitions. (laughs) And Sasuke's whole problem is his transitions just don't make fucking sense. He gets his ass beat once. He's already 50% in the darkness. (laughs) He comes out of the hospital. He's howling at the moon and calling for the power of the devil so he can slay his foes. I get if you're listening to this and you're tired of us talking about this, but this this manga... It's about it. It's about this. It is about this. It is about this. Like, you could call this manga Sasuke and get away with it. Like, you could call this Sasuke brooding in the same way you could call Helsing Alucard shooting people. It's really caked into how we're spending our time. But whatever. We're in this fight now. It starts out good. It starts out really cool. I like the whole fun, you know, gates of... Oh, God. Help me. You're Gates more... of Kanoha, I don't know. No, but... no, no. Like like, the, like from Lord of the Rings. What is that setting? Or what is like that particular geographical setting that you know they end the first movie on? Man, I read the Silmarillion. I don't remember. Whatever. You know what he's talking about. Okay, remember. Okay, end of Fellowship of the Ring. They're paddling down the river. They come to those giant goddamn statues. And then... That starts playing... It, there, there. That is where that fight takes place, except it's the two first Hokages. So they do a good job of using the geo- the little layout of their Mount Rushmore there. They, I remember there's a particular sequence where they're swinging around a finger while they're doing their punch-em-ups. Mm-hmm. It works. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's real fucking cool. It is and using getting... the setting to their advantage, because and... this setting is all about, like, big statues and shit like that. that that's yeah. a big part of the aesthetic, is large structures that look like a dude. Uh, you know, they're all over Kanoha. They're... Uh, it, to pass the time skip, the uh, the Akatsuki lair has a big fucking statue who looks like an evil dude. And these are, you know, mm. big statues of two, you know, previous rulers. It, it's good. It works. It doth function. And, uh, yeah, I, just, I remember particularly just that shot of swinging around the finger was working for me. Yeah. And then we run not into a mortal flashback. But the mother of all of them, just what I am getting into the tempo of this fight, which is just a flashback to Salisuke's childhood. And I finally figured out what annoyed me the most about this. It just hit me. What's that? It's not only that it's a flashback. It's only that it's long and protracted. Yeah. It's that, as far as this fight goes, it doesn't even have new information. Look where you are after that flashback. His brother that he liked killed his family mm-hmm. which is what we thought about itachi before when he showed up before and he said hey my brother that i used to like killed my family and then we take this whole journey to the west fucking march through his childhood where we learn that the uchiha family are evidently all cops so itachi did nothing wrong yeah i was but- like i'm supposed to hate itachi now <laughs> this is supposed to make me hate itachi it's not it's not doing that Kish. The Manyeko Sharingan is good practice. is what I'm trying to get out here. <laughs> the information that we come out of it with is that for the Manyeko Sharingan to work, you need to kill your best friend because I guess your eye knows. 
I do not understand the logic train there. My... It's really not great. It's what, not, it's what, not what like... if I just have a fucked up dream and I and I like kill my best friend? Did I do this? Wake will up. Will the eye understand? Or... Like, will the eye get tricked into thinking, "Oh shit, he killed his best friend. I better start like I better get it going now." Is it human friends? Would Kiba have to like snap his dog's neck? What do you have an imaginary friend? How many Uchiha toddlers just came out with a Manyeko Sharingan? <laughs> Out of a particularly intense backyard session. Yeah, they couldn't be tried in as adults. Honestly, yeah, it's not like a bad plan if you're trying to raise like a whole, you know, clan of like dudes who could do this. Oh, that would be great. Just have them good. do it when they were like five. Send them to therapy, and by the time they're sixteen, a they can do him on Gecko Sharingan, and b they're reasonably fine. Also, I think it makes you go blind, so it. I don't know. sucks. <laughs> yeah, it uh. It raises questions. I have, call it a positive insult or backhanded compliment mm-hmm. when it comes to Itachi stuff. It's something I find just throughout this reread of actually, actually multiple elements. Yeah. There's a lot of shit that I thought was just sort of made up as it went along that was actually just a bad long-term plan. <laughs> like, it's not random. I will say that. The shit happening in Naruto just generally is not random so far. There's one thing that they plan to do and didn't do, and then a random thing happened instead. And I, we can touch on that. I think I already have, but go on. If you know what happens in all the Itachi bullshit, and you read this chapter, you can kind of feel it like this is where it's going. Yeah. I still just... In the dramaturgy of the whole thing, it is so deflating every time he pulls the X person was not actually evil... Or malign. They were trying to do this secret good thing the whole time. Galaxy brain thing. Mm-hmm. And I would even say it's a problem that it is s- such a thin dramatic maneuver. Mm-hmm. That it feels like you're making it up as you go. Mm. I guess I was saying that the whole Neji thing earlier that I whinged about is kind of a bad dramatic habit. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. So yeah, we have the whole, um, the Uchiha's are cops, uh, Itachi did nothing wrong flashback sequence. Sure. We come back to the present of the fight. I don't know how qualified I am, but g- given that this is a podcast episode and not a YouTube episode, I can't really, like, take you through the fight physically. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, good. Things escalate. It looks like he kills Naruto. Naruto is like, and he heals like the giant hole that Sasuke punched in him. Yeah, they yeah. each up the ante, and then Sasuke turns into a curse mark monster, and uh, it's... do you want to do you wanna do it? <sighs> you ever looked at, like, the expanded roster of a Juggalo label? <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly easier to draw than you know him with the curse mark all over his body he just becomes gray and has hands for wings and has lipstick and a dumb haircut now everything about oh my it looks so dumb remember the like the episode of seinfeld where Lelaine and her boyfriend, who I believe was played by Patrick Warburton, are going to go to a Devils game, right? And she's all ready to go. She's all set. She's, you know, gotten ready. She's got her coat on. And uh, Patrick Warburton comes out in, like, the full, like, Jersey Devils face paint and regalia and, like, this whole fucking, like, like, whoa, wow. This guy is way too fucking into this shitty hockey team from Newark. 
it's got it gave that me the texture. same vibes as that particular scene. And like, and I have to be seen with this person. Yeah. If I were to describe it, he's got like a bad football face paint thing across the bridge of his nose. He has a Garu girl tan now. Mm. He has white hair that looks a lot like a broomstick held upside down. And he has these big wings that are hands. Yes, big that, wings. that 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 was that was the thing for me at least that kind of put it over. Like and- uh, everything <laughs> previous to that would have just been like, ah, oh, this. Okay, all right. Well, that's kind of dumb, but I'll. And then you know, now he has hand wings, and that's like. I wonder if it's harder because his whole character is just sort of hedged constantly on being or looking cool or what have you. (sighs) Yeah, because uh, that doesn't look cool. No, no, no. Nothing about that looks cool. Anyway, it is in fact lame. Yeah, yeah. God, I wonder how many things that are wrong with Naruto are things that are wrong with Sasuke. Half of the farm is bet on shit with Sasuke. Yeah, I guess, given how gigantic of a presence this character is in this manga, it's it's a significant enough percentage. Let's say that your words and your art are half of the manga in one sense. Yeah. In another sense, the two halves of this manga are basically Naruto and Sasuke. Mm Mm-hmm. And the way that Sasuke comes off all this shit, it's equivalent, narratively, of if he couldn't draw. <laughs> <laughs> Sasuke work is just the equivalent of Kishimoto just could not fucking draw. Yeah. So this fight rolls on. Mm-hmm. And it uh, finishes with another uh, Chidori on Rasugan fucking beam clash. Yeah, that's the one thing that physically... Um... Did not do it for me with this fight. Most of the fight up to now was pretty sick, gotta tell you. And then it ended with big explosion versus other big explosion. They're getting, they're punching each other with explosions. It's and that's the end of the fight. It's a very Hollywood problem. It's so shonen. It's a very shonen problem. I mean, Hollywood's picked up on its head, like ending movies on beams versus beams. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the, it's the same problem as beams versus beams. It's just a different shape. Yeah, just a different shape and, I don't know, more hand-holdy, I guess. There's this moment somewhere... Th- this is not quite uh, related. There's this moment somewhere in the fight where Naruto says that Sasuke is what he imagined having a brother would be like. I and remember that. it's a very powerful moment. Mostly. Here's the thing. Uh, Naruto might believe that, uh, but Sasuke spent... Pretty much the majority of his pre-heel turn, you know, <laughs> character arc, just fucking sneering at Naruto. And I'm not going to say that I didn't do my fair share of sneering at my brother when we were growing up. But there has to be, like, something in there. There had to have been some good times, narratively. Narratively. There had to have been some amount of good times that they had together. And we get tiny little slivers of that up to now but really not enough for me to buy that these two enjoyed being in one another's presence believe it or not yeah for all i should have allowed in this mm-hmm. i would actually i mean this also just goes into my we have had 270 chapters of content theorem sure i would actually say that there is enough in just a sort of trenches kind of way growth together between like the land of waves nonsense are coming to appreciate each other during the little exam business. Yeah, there was that like, there, one bit where he shared his lunch with them when he was tied to the yeah, post. Because they're 
all their interactions are basically just like all these little stories of learning to relate to each other in a combat scenario. Mm-hmm. The emotional logic that that still makes sense to me. The whole Sasuke thing, it's it's I keep saying alien because it's literally an alien lot. It's not an evil logic chain to me, it just doesn't make fucking sense to me. So wait, so do you get an evil after you think you've killed your best friend? Like when he's holding him up the <laughs> Okay, I can't I can't Like let can go. you fool the eye? I feel no, like because I'm making I've... fun of Catholics right now. Alright, so here's like you know the whole like redemption automatically through prayer thing. It raises a similar genre of questions. Well, here's what I now wonder, right? Did he think at the end of the fight when he's sort of just lying there? No, but he he knew that he wasn't dead, right? Right. And then decided to spare him. <sighs> well, yeah, he walks away to find his own strength as someone else's bitch. I mean, I guess that's like... That's nice, I guess. It's like, I'll go become best friends with someone else and kill them. <laughs> that's kind Good for... How kind. Good for you, snake intern boy. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm ragging. I'm straining to rag on that moment. It's a pretty nice little... Okay, there's still some good left in him after he's had his, you know, evil turn kind of... It's good. It's good. It does work. Like that, that moment does, in fact, work, and I'm going to give it the credit that it deserves. He is gone grimdark, but there's still something left. That is what is trying to be communicated, and that is what is communicated. But... But the path that we took to get get there, not without its bumps. There's a minor fridge logic thing. It's not something I take much issue with because they don't need a lot of manpower. So it's just kind of funny to think. Mm-hmm. But as I throw in the kitchen sink, trying to make sure this mission goes all for a sound village or a sound bunker. I, I like I prefer calling it sound bunker. But <laughs> <laughs> there's just fucking Kabuto saying that. Hey, do you think you should go help? Eh, I got yeah. some. <laughs> got a fat. <laughs> <laughs> You see, as a medical ninja, I can throw chakra through the shaft as I... Okay, I'm going to... Okay. Put this okay, so... I'm a professor now. <laughs> <laughs> Not just a professor, an Ivy League professor. This is what I'm going to tell your kids. You're a professor, and I'm a labor organizer. I don't know what's going on anymore. It's, it's two really interesting paths that we have walked... Do you think we're going to, like, fight walking on water in a... That is a nice little touch of the thing. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool. They the training to do the water to thing. To do the and water both... thing, and they're both very good at it now. Yeah. Yeah, that is, this is good. Good, good. Props. Props. That's uh, what they call good shit. Then then when they get back, when, when we get back from the fight to the Leaf Village, and everyone's like, all right, guys, three years. <laughs> three years. It's good. It's no more, no less. Everything that is about to happen... Will take three years for all parties. Don't worry about it. Three. Nothing takes four. Nothing takes two. It's going to take three years, you got three. Naruto, for me to train you. It's going to be three years, we figure, before Akatsuki attacks. Don't worry about it. It's going to take three years. And it should take around three years or so before Orochimaru needs a new body. <laughs> three. Also, there's going to be a solar eclipse in three years. There's going to be an earthquake in three, three years. years. The economy is going to crash in three, three years. years. To really amusingly, if you can just feel the thumb of God on the scale. <laughs> yeah, it, it is one of the moments where the hand of the writer is so very visible upon the page. A festival of three-year events. But the bridge of that 
and we probably should talk about this, is a flashback. Less aggravating because it's not in the middle. It's not in the middle of anything. It's just bridging two things. It gives us probably some context for stuff that's going to occur going forward. There's something that in my jackhole heart I kind of wish would happen and didn't happen, which was I was kind of hoping for a flashback Inception thing where there'd be a flashback within this. <laughs> God. They didn't go that far to I'm, memory. I'm very glad that they did not. I don't want to spend too That uh, would have been your gold boat rant. That would have been my golden boat rant, yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. I am sure. I am sure that we're going to have a flashback within oh, a flashback oh. at some point in this manga. I know my gold boat rant. I'm so <laughs> ready for it, but go on. <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time on the Kakashi Gaiden arc because, really, the manga didn't spend too much time on the Kakashi Gaiden arc, and that's fine. That's fine. The Kakashi Gaiden arc has a uh, fun concept. What if you flash back to his character before he was cool? Yeah. Kakashi's <laughs> kind of a fucking dickhead. <laughs> So, yep, I see there were some growing pains here. The um, one thing to note is that they are still very dedicated to this whole everything is squad three, or is it seven, whatever the number is. Seven, seven. Everything is squad seven. And Kakashi was in a squad seven at some point. And he was kind of the squad Sasuke, really. And, you know, the, 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 the Uchiha who is present, because there's always yeah. going to be a Uchiha who is present, was the squad Naruto and Rin was the squad Sakura and every squad housewife she was was the squad Sakura and everything that comes with it the first thing I learned about her was that she was kidnapped I just I why 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 do you do this why do you do this Kish like I ask so little like I can't keep bringing this up every episode every time you fucking put a new a new female character in this fucking story you do everything in your fucking power to undermine her credibility whatever of it even existed like she just got introduced she basically has no credibility and she has even less than that now i uh, had a specific note when i reached that part which is <laughs> i'm assuming some people listening to an anime podcast are of a nerdish bent i i have to imagine and when the rin thing happens and the first thing she does is get kidnapped and pose a mission danger for the other two i wrote what a terrible night to have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Why, why does... Why does he do... I don't... I don't... I, like, I'm, I'm struggling to, like... I'm struggling to come up with a number for, like, how much he seems to actually hate women. Like, is it is it above 40? This is a very arbitrary scale is that it, I've just kind of come up with, but is it a number above 40, do we think? I think that it's a little subtler than that. He's like a hard 35, but he's in a very broad, dramatic medium, and people expect girls to do things that aren't pointing. Okay, so the lit major in me is wondering if maybe we should be reading this in the broader context of shonen anime or shonen manga well i mean that's what, i mean that's what i'm getting yeah. at because like you look at things over time and there are things where the girls are just sort of decoration there are things where the love interest only there are things where they stand in the background and the sort of broad realization is people saying hey you know um are you sure that in this comic about people randomly being gifted the power to shoot lasers out of their eyes that girls can't just also shoot lasers out their eyes at a, you know, rate reasonably consistent with, you know, the way that 
let's take the gold standard for shonen action fighting stuff, right? Which is um for your money. Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm-hmm. There's really only one female character in Yu Yu Hakusho who you know had any amount of bearing on stuff that happened, right? That was Botan. She was. There was also Keiko, who was pure love interest. Yeah, stand she, on the side. Stand on the side, and Botan, who was. I'm going to tell you things about this now. Mm-hmm. So I guess, in the broader evolution of the medium, that Sakura or Rin are even involved at all could be seen as progress. Not great progress. And I don't want to like be mistaken for giving Kish credit here, but... Something that might be fun, because it's sort of packaged mentally of like, the other big three things. Sure. And I've just read enough Bleach piece in my time to sort of compare it to the other two. Okay. Who does the best out of the three of them? So this is an open question, actually. Okay. So, Kubo uh-huh. is a horny fucker. I mean, so is, so is Zoda. I'm going. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm sure. Going. sure. I'm, I'm, I'm just breaking these down. Okay. Kubo, horny Kubo, fucker. Yeah. He's a horny fucker. He, a lot of them a, are he's useless. He's a tit man. But a lot of his side characters are useless. They never get above the mid, but there are more of them in the mid than lower, weirdly, compared to Naruto in a way. <laughs> like, you end up with an Espada with the most unfortunate costume, but at least she can throw punches out her spine snapping in half. Okay. Yeah, so, so like, they, they I would actually closer say, to the median. Outside yeah. of the whole Orihime weirdness, you have people like, you have people like the, the, the ninja girls or whatever. There was the... I, I, I forgot the best way to say it. What, the, what was uh, the, hold on, the I, cat lady's name? Yeah, that's Yorichi. Yeah, Yorichi, yeah. The women in Bleach... I'm Once again, this whole series is me and back-end compliments. Are bad Kubo characters. <laughs> 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 Bringing that pointless middling sensibility that you often find in the men there. Fair enough. Okay, so... And now here's the funniest one to me. Okay. One Piece has actually run for so long mm-hmm. that it has actually gone through different epochs of sensibilities <laughs> of female characters. <laughs> because when that comic starts, they don't do anything. <laughs> and now he has, like, girls running around doing functional things in fights. <laughs> Finally, now the healing can begin. <laughs> that is a super funny place for a comic to be in. <laughs> the the only price they pay is their clothes, I guess, because Nami barely seems to wear any these days. Yeah, he has <laughs> one piece has been published through different waves of feminism. <laughs> <laughs> we seem to be on the fourth one at this point, right? I've heard that there is a fourth that, one. That is how people characterize it. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Just my dumbass who's been out of school for a decade now. <laughs> So yeah, that shit's funny to me. It is extremely funny. Depressing. Funny. So we're in the time skip now. We're in the time skip now. After the whole Rin, Kakashi, whatever hilarity. Oh, also, um, Obito dies. Obito dies, Sort of. Spoilers. Yeah, that's like, take note of that. Obito dies. If you're listening to this podcast instead of reading the manga, which I'm honored if that (laughs) is the case, uh, Obito dies. Take note. Dies. So we get a uh, 
two, three, three-year time skip. Three. Everyone's training. Some people are gathering their edge powers. Some people are being manually drained of their personality. Uh, in, in fairness, in these, you know, 35-ish chapters or so uh, after the time skip. Yeah. We do not see Sasuke yet. He does not show up again yet. It's true. It is Naruto again. So it is speak. Naruto again. I mean... Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. But it hasn't happened yet. I but what already... has happened is Gara face-planting at the rock bottom of the fucking card of this manga. He's like fucking Zack Ryder. Like, they, the, the first thing they do is tell you that he is now the Kazekage, the ruler of the village hidden by Zan. And the second thing they do is have him job to this fucking dipshit a of guy. a villain. Yeah. <laughs> he gets his ribs kicked and is kidnapped by um, Daidara, who... I don't like Daidara. I guess he's a joking man. He must be, yeah, he's a joking man. He's okay. He's so, an artsy joking man, and Daedara, I'm sure, I'm sure somewhere in media history, or in my own consumption of it, there is a action-adventure character who does, it's more of a villain thing, but just ranting about his art and the meaning of art uh, that I enjoy. Daedara is not that mother... <laughs> No, he feels like a weird fucking fighting game character that you unlock, like, way, way late into it. And it's like, ah, this guy's kind of funny. Probably not great for tournament play. Actually, his characterization level and just having the gimmick and everything, I would describe him as a Blast Blue extra. It, see, here's, here's... Time to make a big splash. A bomb splash. The wheel of fate is turning. Go. The... Daedara is a really fantastic example of shit that I fucking hate about Naruto. Um, he's a couple of different things that I hate about Naruto. Mm-hmm. A, what he does and how he operates. You know, his fighting style, his you know, powers, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> it's, it, is, it is what I would have been calling combat grass whistling, which is a very, like, overly esoteric thing that is turned into some apparently unbeatable <laughs> combat style. Uh, in this case, having little dudes come out of mouths on his hands and they blow up. As one does. As one does. In terms of his personality, he is absolutely obsessed with something that means nothing in the greater scheme of this comic. This comic is not about art at all. This comic is about, you know, loneliness and letting other people help you, ultimately. And here, here's this guy whose, you know, villainous qualities have absolutely nothing to do with any of the themes being discussed in this, not even side themes. He's just this guy and art and something. And, like, if he were, like, a Batman villain, like a third-string Batman villain, he could get away with it. But this is a serialized comic book. Oh, yeah, he might, like, make, like, for a good ten minutes on The Batman, the WB-11 show from 2005. Yeah, exactly. There's a weird thing with him, speaking of Batman, and I mentioned the joking man thing, but... I think a big problem this character runs into. Part of his appeal is just he's sort of supposed to be funny in that, I don't know, Dark Knight 2008 kind of way. And it's not sticking. It's just not, uh, it's not doing it, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm reminded of this one filler villain who's also, I, I can't remember his name, and I'm not going to look it up because it's not important, but there was this one dude 
who's also like another if you want another example was this one bad guy ninja who was obsessed with funerals in particular and he kept fucking talking about it uh and i i think they killed him or something like that but like it, it, it he was not interesting he was kind of annoying he wouldn't shut the fuck up about funerals and how great he yeah. thinks funerals are and uh Daedara, exactly the same problem but just with art now instead it's time for my exhibition's main display makes an easy to draw bird <laughs> By the way, it's not fucking lost <laughs> just, on me how slightly easier to draw than certain other things. His clay pigeons and shit. It's like he looked at all the water dragon shit that Kimimaro and Zabazo are doing. Like, oh, no, 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 oh, more of that, that shit. <laughs> that takes forever. I'd have to hire a whole, like, new assistant for that. Nah, homie, they don't feed us often enough for that. Speaking of easy to draw, this is now the point in the manga where everything became visibly easier for, uh, for Cheech to draw, for Cheech and his assistants to draw, because oh, all right, do we have some uh, character design uh, so opinions to talk, so, and talk so about? Here's the thing: I like the time jumpsuit. I like time skips, right? I do. Mm-hmm. I really do. I like, you know, seeing. Okay, cool. Let's catch up with these characters. What you know has happened in the last you know x you know amount of time that has you know like changed them, and it becomes this sort of like fun mystery that you solve over the course of the time skip, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I I like that, and I like seeing you know characters who are young become older, and you know they get themselves in more age appropriate situations than they were able to get themselves into uh, when first we met them. Uh, and I like seeing, you know, how they have physically changed, like how they have yeah. aged up. Do they have a different sense of style now? Do they have like a fun eye patch now? Yeah, they... there, there are opportunities in the whole. Exactly. Movie. Yeah. Right. Naruto grew up to be a slightly more boring version of himself, which it's is disappointing. Incredible. It's it's so disappointing because he looks like that one Caucasian fairer from the memes is the <laughs> is the thing that keeps coming into my head. I, I don't think it's fair of me to make this reference or to like compare him to this, but like he just becomes instead of nuanced, he becomes square jawed and generic. But it's there, like the um... sort of like the, the dude who shows up in the zero punctuation uh, videos just whenever he mentions the word generic. Sakura is in a very odd place after this time skip. I actually think she comes out on top. I think she is an exception here. I think she comes out better. Better. She sort of becomes um. Like that girl on the magic school bus always talks about her old school, but just being trained by Sonata. It does come up a lot, yes. Which is very amusing. They, they... Team Guy comes back after time skip, those three. Or Team Might. I hope they're called Team Might. But I could look it up. I doesn't think matter. It... But then that's your uh, Neji, Ted, Ted, Rockley, and um, they're the same. They look mostly the same. I think Rockley wears the a vest now. Kind of just wonder what they've been up to, really. It's the same stuff. Apparently, Neji's a Joni now. You could have fooled me. He's doing basically the same stuff. Okay. I have never seen someone put on the bus in the middle of the arc, like, team guy, just... Yeah, they're stuck over there fighting they're, they're, themselves. They're there now. Okay, so I was thinking about this while I was reading it, right? And I was thinking, okay. So. So. Clearly, this happened because they needed a place to be that was not the fight between... Chiyo and Sakura and um, Sasori, right? Yeah, I mean, it, the whole arc put them in a weird place because if these guys are at all credible, 
then the fight would in theory be just the six of them standing around Sasori kicking him in the Oh, spike. like that one time when we were playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance and Bullseye showed up and then Bullseye unshowed up after we were done picking his fucking teeth out of our boots. Yeah, when it turns just four A-list superheroes kicking him in the ribs at once. Like, what are you gonna do? Ball. What are you gonna do? You can aim good? Cool. I'm Iron Man. I am an F-14 as a man. Like, Neji is supposed to be a Jonin and still a genius and... Rockley have the way. In theory, it's just them. It's just them holding his puppet legs while Naruto steps on his balls or something. I I guess they fare all right against their clone selves. The, the trap. I hope you can fare all right against your clone <laughs> self. Boy, oh boy! By the way, I'm pretty sure this is Ten Ten's one win so far against anything that I know of. Yes, she beats up a rock version of herself and it takes honest, a lot there are a lot of straight weapons around it so i'm pretty sure it had her on the ropes for a while <laughs> like it, was, it really took all she could give you could sort of hear that one um fucking that one fucking kill a kill don't lose your way song until my body is dry as i believe until the name my of the track. Dry, that's right ultimately he is not because of some key dialogue quotes of gara at his peak but as things unfold Mm-hmm. Sasori is a new contender for the edgiest boy alive. He is a contender for the edgiest boy alive insofar as the 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers were a contender for the playoffs. Because, yeah, they were there against the Chiefs. <laughs> it is very hard to... Comp- because, because his competition is Gara, and I'm sorry... But the position of edgiest boy alive has been filled emeritus for life. That entire I need to kill other people to confirm my own existence thing. Or as I put it, I have to kill hamsters to come. Is <laughs> so singular in the history of Edge. It, it, it really is a moment, isn't it? It's a moment in history. But like, Sasori so sort of the heavy we come up against in this whole sequence. He he is edgy. Like he's a pretty edgy he's a, boy. He's a pretty edgy boy. There are these these odd dialogue-free flashbacks. I guess he won't, he was maybe he was experimenting with doing them less heavily, which is an idea he abandons. Well, it's cer- it's certainly not as annoying as you know six fucking chapters of the like life with you, Chihas. But it's these flashbacks of him as a little tyke with his parents, but his parents he's actually killed them and turned them into murder puppets. And his whole gimmick is he turns people into murder puppets. And here's my personal verdict on Sasori. Mm-hmm. Everything he does and says. Because I'm not purely for or against it. It is... Cool, diotic... It is... I'm gonna steal a joke from Team Four Star. Okay. I'm weird. I like the whole puppet death ninja thing. For Kankuro and him. I think it's just kind of a fun idea. Maybe it was fun, yeah. And there's Jogan Team Force that we're talking about this Broly character in Dragon Ball. Where they just, he's so stupid! Oh, but it's kind of cool, but he's so stupid! <laughs> Less full tilt cool because it, it runs a bit long in the tooth as the fight goes on, but... I understand what he was going for, at least. Like, there's kind of a Vampira kind of appeal to... Oh, oh yeah, okay. So, me and my corpse. Me and my corpse, puppets. <laughs> I've destroyed nations... <laughs> That line is so fucking funny. Wait, no, I, I I didn't use... I feel like the sort of classical dastardly whiplash villain inflection is not actually the right 
inflection to be using for his I have destroyed nations because it feels like <laughs> it feels like the end of a really fucking dumb shit wrestling promo fair and then the stupid crowd just pops for it <laughs> because they're stupid and they don't know any better boy they have really just bred their own inbred audience of monkeys it's, it's fil- filtered them down over time I've got uh I've got Cora Jade and Omos winning their respective Royal Rumbles this year. <laughs> you heard it here first, boys. Hello, everyone. To all survivors of what I can only assume is the Dark Rumble. <laughs> Enjoy that. So the story fight goes on. Mm-hmm. His grandma's there. Oh, so I like Chio. I like I'm, her a lot. I like her character. I, I like what yeah, they she do. Comes, Chio probably comes off best motivation and combat wise of all the girls we've had in this so far of all the side characters we've had so far hell of most characters we've had so far i really do enjoy chio i like you know her past i like her regrets i like her contradictions i like you know where she's coming from her motivations i Mm -hmm. like chio a whole lot and it is a shame that she shows up for this arc and then dies because she ended up being one of the more interesting characters from this comic up to now now I she, get, she, she lived the right way. Die unburied. Die unburied, yeah. I, I get, I understand how it's kind of being unfair to be like, oh, this character is interesting. Why did you kill them? Because, you know, she had her arc. She finished her arc. It was time for her to leave the comic. She leaves the comic by dying. Fine, cool. It, can, it keeps her out of the Neji slot, too. That's the thing. This highlights the problem with extending a character's uh, tenure and extending their arc artificially. Uh, you end up with the Neji problem where this dude... Just waving in the Yeah, background. who was, like, so fucking bad and it was such a fucking threat and, like, he was, he, was really, he was kind of interesting and he was a good bad guy. And then once his arc is concluded, he's there to sort of fight a clone of himself and uh, Byakugan, okay, the, the, the little seals are over there, right? That's what he's doing these days. I wish I'd even just at least done a joke with this. Because if I was a member of the new Team 7 or whatever, mm-hmm. and the entire time I was almost being murdered by iron sand and double poison and exploding <laughs> birds, my backup team was just jacking off in the corner. <gasps> I would be displeased. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't have good feelings about it now. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's that. And then there's, you know, the artificially extended arc that is Sasuke's arc, but we just spent the first fucking 20 minutes of this episode talking about that, so I'm not going to keep going with that. Fair enough. Anyway, like, how succinct and beginning, middle, end Chio's arc is ends up forming an unfortunate contrast with how meandering certain other character arcs in this series are. This is a thing. And how once an arc is completed... You should either come up with a new one or write them the fuck out because here's Neji. Just waving in the background. Just trying to find something to fucking do. Just say, I'm an adult now. Blink. Blink. Man. A thing is starting to set in here in this part, by the way, that I don't like because, as I said, I enjoyed the sort of peak of Naruto's arc so far, the whole figuring out the Gara thing making it through the skin of his teeth through that situation, sort of reaching his apotheosis. Sure. And this thing is sitting in where the dude is just starting to become dumb. Yes. Yeah, His he also um, finished his character arc and was not 
made better for it. I see the point of having him come back more book dumb after his extended training and being older. Mm-hmm. It just... As far as I could tell, all he learned was different shapes of baseballs to throw at people. <laughs> Which is one thing, but it's not character growth. It's another size of baseball. Wait, which character are we talking about here? Naruto. Okay, never mind. I thought you were talking about Gara here. Sorry, I've been drinking. That that has ended happening, folks. He, he looks all right. Like, I remember looking specifically for, okay, does he look like a moron? Does he look like he's learned nothing? He does not get punked the way that I would be looking for as a red flag. Like, he does not spend the entirety of these chapters that we've covered, like, getting his asses kicked by people that he shouldn't be getting. Like, yeah. he does not encounter a Korra problem, right? Oof. He never encounters a Korra problem. Sometimes he encounters people who are like, okay, they have managed to find a way not to be, you know, defeated by him, but he does not get his ass kicked by people who really he should have dead to rights the way that Korra did all the time. So yeah. I'm going to say he came out all right. He came out looking all right. Maybe we can believe. Maybe I can believe. Maybe I can take it on faith that um, Akatsuki is just a better class of criminal, right, than, you know, what he was dealing with up to now. And I guess, like, textually they're supposed to be or some shit. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, they're called as such in universe. So if they're called as such in universe and they do actually give him a hard time, at the very least, catching them, beating them, whatever, right? Okay. Fine. What do you think of uh, Akatsuki's uh, cop-out no jutsu? I think there was this meme about how, like, the Uchiha art of running away. <laughs> <laughs> this was popular during the course of the manga, and... <laughs> oh, the shoe fits! I would call those pumas. I like a good pair of pumas. I do keens every time they wear out or replace them with the exact same pair. Fair enough. By the way, I guess Deidara and Sasori have, like, a mild buddy cop moment where they talk about their theories of art. And you're just like, weren't you kidnapping someone? <laughs> it, you know, I could charitably refer to it as kind of Tarantino-y. Very, very, very charitably. You said Sakura comes off better in this segment. I thought so. Like, she even got a fight that she won. Man, how she about got, that? She got to be in a fight. She got to win it. She got sort of... It's such a strange journey to it because she spends most of that fight sort of being jerked around like a action figure. That, right? was, that was the one, like, mitigating factor my th- in, my, I, in my praise. And I had a mixed thoughts on it because it's weird because it's a cool, like, conceptually idea, maybe choreography-wise, but for her character of I'm finally getting it together... It takes a little something out of it for me. Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty much, pretty much the same thoughts over here. Which is unfortunate, but it is definitely worlds above her fainting from the sidelines as Naruto and Sasuke pose. Yeah, that wasn't good back then. That was not good. It was not good. It was not good. For a point of comparison, when the dudes uh, Naruto and fucking Kakashi do run to the sidelines, they are just in a full fetched fight over there. <laughs> Which is a very big contract. Yeah. I, why, she wasn't even fucking present for the fucking Sasuke retreat. I'm still, like, getting over that. It's kind of wild, I'm right? still trying to get over that because she was just kind of knocked out. She was incapacitated overnight. She, she it's she not like she fought, wasn't in any condition to go out there. She couldn't have fought Rock Guy. She could have, like... 
I don't know why having fact, her be present it. there would have made that whole moment any less powerful. In fact, it probably would have made it more powerful if she were present there at, you know, those the, the, that Lord of the Rings, you know, like fight arena that they found yeah. themselves at. Honestly, it would have even been more impactful and just better for God for her to get chumped out there than just in yeah, the village. Yeah, yeah. Like, have... It's okay. We move on. We move on. And, yeah, this is the start, I guess, the comic of trying to make more effort with soccer. We'll we'll see where it goes. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll believe it when I get to the end and be like, yes, they did improve. There's something I want to make a joke about. And because of the long thrust of this, I have been distinguishing between things that I'm just amusing myself versus things that are problems. This one's me amusing myself. Mm-hmm. They have one of those tactical narrative breakdowns at one point in this Asori fight mm-hmm. where Chio decides, I've got it, Sakura. Hit him with your super strength. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I should probably do that, shouldn't I? <laughs> That's a quality idea. It's like, you need to hit him with your super strength and not get poisoned. <laughs> I agree. Thanks. Those are two great points. I also agree that we should strike the enemy without being hit ourselves. <laughs> if I were to break down my goals for this exchange, <laughs> I definitely want to punch him a bunch and not get stabbed. <laughs> we call those goals. Oh, also, um, I actually like how how simple Sakura's kind of power set is, but relative in a world of grass whistling. In a world of combat grass whistling, I like it's a weapon. It's really powerful, especially against living things. Is punches people in the fucking stomach. Let's see. Oh, I just had the old Dragon Ball Z joke of when they say three minutes with just the word liar. <laughs> I'm out of shit to talk about for this particular span of episodes. I've gotten to most of what I wanted to say. Just one more bit of fun for me, but yeah, I'm of pretty course. much out too. It was just, um... Hey, Chio, do you want to hand some notes on resurrection to your homies before you... Wait, wait, no, no. Yeah, oh. Write it down, write it down! <laughs> <laughs> Though I guess they figure that shit out anyway, so... Yeah, if uh, if what I've read is anything to go by. Oh, um, add just the whole thrust of resurrection and bringing back the dead to things that I, as a foolish youth, called an ass pull and are actually just a stupid long-term plan. It is a stupid long-term plan, yeah. Because yeah. it is just a recurring threat of people exploring, bringing back the dead, regretting deaths, whatever. It just goes to a dumbass place. Yeah. Anyway, that is this stretch of Naruto. Thank you for listening to me ramble. This has been Weeboo Hell. Labor organizer and professor, huh? It's funny how this stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, also, um, Sasori's fucking self-puppet thing is fucking hilarious, but it kind of works. Self-puppet is fucking hilarious. Kind of a tryhard in general is sort of how I would characterize him. He's like a Clover Studios boss. (laughs) Uh, That era. Yeah. All right. Peace out. Fuck 12, etc. Fuck 12.